On this episode of Satellite Superheroes, we are talking vegetation management and using satellite technology in conjunction with AI to better manage your resources and to deploy your maintenance dollars more effectively. Let's get on with the interview. Jordan, welcome to Satellite Superheroes. Thank you very much for finding time in your schedules. Listeners, we're going to be talking about the state of utility veg management in a big way. Yes, that is a topic that you need to understand, know, embrace, love, and, and learn. And come learn with me because I want to know more about that. Being an old crotchety, curmudgeon, old lineman guy. So anyway, we have Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing? Doing great, Scott. I love your enthusiasm. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have him taping taking a nap after this just because that's no, I not. This is how I always roll anyway. So for the listeners, let's level set a little bit. Let's get you uh, sort of why you have that great street cred. Give us a little background on who you are. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Jordan Jozak. Uh, I work for AI Dash uh, in the customer success side of things, um, but I come from the industry. So I started my career out actually working for Aspen as a uh, line clearance tree trimmer. So I was uh, spikes, harness, saddle, everything, uh, climbing up and down, maintaining right-of-ways uh, every day. I have to I have to interrupt. Those gaffs on your are much bigger than utility gaffs. I just remember seeing those big old gaffs. You never stuck yourself in the leg, did you? No, no. Boots, lots of time. Boots, lots of time. And it is funny. You didn't know on that. Tree spikes are longer than poles, but <laughs> you can always tell an expert climber because a lot of the expert climbers prefer the pole spikes, believe it or not. So you don't gaff yourself. With a little street cred tip there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it hurts if you did that. Oh gosh, it sounds like you've been there. I'm sorry to hear that. Been there, done that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Quality words came out of my mouth. Continue. Sorry about that. Yeah, I had to, no, had to that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started right out. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, uh, down in Austin, Texas. Now, um, yeah, starting my whole career out. I've always been uh, in the arbor cultural world or utility veg management focused. Um, an ISA certified arborist, utility specialist, uh, certified tree care safety professional. Uh, my whole career has been uh, just kind of doing exactly that, trying to address solutions in the utility space. Uh, so after some of my boots on the ground time with uh, Asplin, did some work with uh, ACRT and National Grid. And those are the folks that kind of uh, they're considered consulting utility foresters. So we're the ones that are augmenting with the utility to go out and do some pre-inspection work, look at the trees, make sure we're doing the right type of things for companies like Asplin to come on board and actually complete that work with. Uh, and then after that, I spent some time as a business manager for a, for a company out of Buffalo called Tree Care of New York, um, where we we were kind of a regional contractor, had about 200 folks that were doing the same thing, uh, same type of wheel as Aspen and sending people out in the field, keeping them safe and getting work done. I, I think we take it for granted. I think the, the general population don't understand the necessity for uh, trimming trees, vegetation management. We take it for granted that our power. Uh, and, and to focus in on utilities, the power just happens. But there's a lot that goes into being able to flip that switch, turn that light on, play whatever your TV, whatever it might be. There's a lot of work to ensure that reliability. So let's let's dive in to utility veg management. Let's 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 state a problem. What what's the issue today? What are we what are we dealing with? 
No, that that's great. And to kind of understand the issues that we're facing today, we have to go a little bit backwards in time, right? We have to kind of understand how we got here. So, you know, looking backwards, one of the big pivotal moments for utilities in North America, uh, it, it really how this affected utility veg management was back in 2003. You may be familiar, uh, the big Northeast and Midwest blackout that unfortunately shut off power to I don't know the number off the top of my head, but millions and millions of customers. And that was really due to unmaintained transmission right-of-ways. So after 2003, uh, NERC, or the North American uh, Reliability Corporation, kind of the regulator for all uh, North American utilities, came on board and said, we have to do better. And one of the issues or one of the solutions that they found to do better was create something called FACO3, which basically said, utilities have to inspect your lines and this was a very segmented view. They were just looking at the bulk lines or high voltage transmission corridors. Uh, but they said every utility has got to have some type of inspection process. So regardless, if you're doing work, I want to make sure you're getting ahead and you're looking to find blind spots. We don't have exactly what happened back in 03, completely driven by vegetation. Kind of tying back to what you say, you don't, you really do take for granted driving down the street. Trees are just trees. You know, it's a power line. You never really think about that. But gosh, over 80% of outages are caused by vegetation. Uh, so yeah. it's a huge, huge problem that is consistently ongoing. Trees are not static, right? They grow no, they're, very they're well. Not. They're, they're very <laughs> dynamic and they grow at different rates and they cause different problems. For clarification, you you sort of glossed over this FACO. FACO, did I say that right? Free, is that an acronym for something? FAC. Yep. So FACO3, it's just a, basically a regulatory term to go back into the filings to see one of these clauses that essentially tells utilities, you shall do this, or in essence, you have to do this. All right. So the reality is, is that we had an issue. Regulators stepped in, said, utilities, you got to do a better job. And and quite frankly, when power goes out, when we have a you know, hurricane down here in uh, Louisiana, yeah, it, it becomes a big issue when you can't get the power on. And it becomes 24-7 on your mind as a consumer that that power is not on. And, and, and so, yeah, there's, there's a necessity. And if 80%, you said 80% of uh, outages are, are veg management related. So it's really going to depend on the utility. So overarching, some are going to be dramatically less. Some are going to be even more than 80%. Um, so you'd have to fact check me on that, but I think most people, most listeners would agree that one of the primary uh, drivers of outages is vegetation. Yeah. I mean, it's uh... But anything above 50 is pretty doggone uh, uh, important, statistically speaking. So if, in general, we're talking about that. And I can vouch for that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. You know, there might be other uh, regional challenges with uh, interruptions. But for the for the most part, it's, it's definitely going to be veg management. So we've got this problem. It's not going away. It seems like it has increased the demand, the focus, the attention. So what are we, I know I can't from a workforce perspective, just hire people off the street and say, Hey, go trim trees. That ain't going to happen. So what are, what are we, what are utilities in general have to start to consider? And, and uh, we got to keep those trees out of line. What are we doing? So that's the interesting thing. So if we kind of go back just in recent history, like let's go back four or five years um, as anyone knows, uh, unfortunately, the wildfire risks and wildfire mitigation problems that we're, we're seeing from you know, the West Coast, the Midwest areas uh, are just exploding. So I think from 2018 onwards, the amount of billion dollar 
billion dollar disasters, either driven from storms or wildfires are increasing, tying back to climate change. We're, we're seeing a larger volume and a multitude of storms and the actual severity of the damage they're causing gets worse and worse every year, right? So we have that issue that we're facing. So we're already trying to do better, right? We learned that lesson back in 03. Now we have these compounding things, there's increased storms. And one of the main drivers right now, and I'm sure you can vouch to this being on the line side is, uh, actual resources are becoming more and more of an issue. I, I was just reading an interesting stat yeah. from the trade side of things that essentially every new person that comes into a trades industry, some type of skilled trades, whether that's line work, uh, you know, tree care, utility vegetation, there's five that are walking out the door retiring behind them. So we can't keep wow. up the amount of people. So not only do we have this multitude of problem that's increasing, we can't get the people to do it. And because we can't get the people to do it, it's becoming more expensive. Uh, so utilities are really faced with this dynamic solution that's just getting worse and worse every year. The writing's on the wall. We're not going to get out of this tomorrow. So there's an increased focus to what can we do to optimize what we have today. Um, and that's where regulators right now, so kind of understanding how electric utilities playing with regulators, how they make money, where do we get this money to spend, right? Um, when you think about that, what a lot of people don't know is majority of the time, electricity is a pass-through item, right? They're not making money on the electricity. They're going to buy it and they're going to sell it to you. They're going to make money on delivery and other sorts of things, the pole maintenance, all of that. But regulators set the rate that the utility could charge you. So this happens at a state level and a federal level. And oftentimes utilities are saying, we need more money just to do what we, the same amount we were doing five years ago, right? Costs are going up. Regulators are scrutinizing this because they're seeing what's going on in the West Coast. They're seeing this wildfire. And there's this expectation that you need to do more with what you have right now. So utilities are kind of in this rock and a hard place. I don't have the resources. The resource is more expensive. I have a need to do more, right? All this stuff is increasing and compounding your liability outages and things like that. Um, so we're, we're kind of stuck in this place, Scott, where how can we accomplish the same goals to keep the lights on uh, that we just can't physically do due to costs and, and, and the driving factors of weather right now? It's a non-negotiable. It has to happen. And, and uh, it's, it's interesting to see the, the, the market pushback it, it, you start having interruptions that are not, you know, for me as a consumer, a hurricane comes through, power goes out. I'm able to say, oh, hurricane, power outage. I make the connection. But if it's just sunny, nice power outage, that doesn't bode well for anybody. And, and I, I, I hear what you're saying. So, so we have a workforce challenge. We've got increased costs. We've got regulatory pressures on utilities. We've got a lot of retirements that are taking place, this sort of silver tsunami that's leaving. You know, it's always been happening that way, quite frankly. And, and the inability to be able to backfill. What, what solutions exist out there so that I, me, utility, can uh, achieve the reliable service that is demanded by my market? So most utilities uh, have something similar to this in place. Uh, it's kind of the foundation of utility vegetation management. And what I mean by that is there's typically some type of what we term cycle program. And a cycle program basically means if I have a thousand miles of power line, right, I'm going to visit 200 miles of that every five years and I'm going to rinse and repeat. So I'm going to go out, do 200 miles. We're going to send vegetation crews. We're going to trim back vegetation from the conductors or prune back vegetation from the conductors, get rid of some dangerous and hazardous trees and uh, just keep moving down the line. 
And then in that fifth year and going into the sixth, we're going to rinse and repeat and do the same thing again. Yeah. Um, so now that mentality of doing things the way that they were, now we have increased costs. We can't do that. We have a need to do more because the storm resiliency initiatives that are going on. So how can we really accomplish that? Um, and that was one of the big things that stood out to me, you know, during my tenure in my career, whether I was in the field uh, or actually on the business side of things, is there's got to be a smarter way to do this. Uh, and the smarter way to do that really lies in technology. Um, so there's a bunch of technology solutions out there today. Uh, essentially, what the basis is around is, is kind of an overarching term of remote sensing. When I say remote sensing, I mean looking at something, gathering data points, and then making a decision off that data. So that cycle program of let's just do the same XYZ amount every year, what happens with different utilities is they may be leaving some meat on the bone. Why are we doing this area that maybe we don't have to do when over here it's burning? And then when that hurricane comes through, this is going to be plowed down and you know, power is going to be out. How can we controvert that? So gathering data through remote sensing techniques and then making decisions off that data has really been key to optimizing this program. And that's one of the big reasons I'm here with AI Dash, because uh, I've saw that the, the effects on the utilities and they're between a rock and a hard place. I saw the effect on the contractors, right? Hey, guess what? The budget ran out. Um, find somewhere for your guys, right? That's a bad position to be in for yeah. the contractors. And there's compounds and compounds and compounds. So I wanted to work with a company that was really building an innovative solution to this. Uh, so in the past, right, there's been different types of techniques in that remote sensing field that I described, like LIDAR, uh, like aerial helicopters, fixed wing aircraft, someone actually manually looking saying, hey, we have to go here. We don't have to go here. Uh, there's been drones, right? The UAV market has exploded and then attaching sensors, different UAVs. Um, but all those have one limitation and it's that they still require people and it still requires a lot of time to gather all that data. Uh, so we looked at the satellite industry and we think about satellites, they're booming, they're exploding. Uh, in 2020 alone, there's going to be a thousand or 2020 to 2022, thousands of satellites every year. And that curve is increasing dramatically. Props to Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos for building those rockets, I suppose. <laughs> it's uh, uh, what I hear you saying is, which is really interesting, that uh, satellites have been around for a long time. I think the real new part of satellites is out now it's being commercialized and that businesses have access to whatever the data is being collected. And, and, uh, so what I also hear is that if I'm a utility, I have dollars. They're not, I mean, it's limited dollars. It's, it's budgeted dollars. It is being managed and, and eyeballs are on it from a regulatory perspective that, the, the spending is prudent, right? So that's good. The, the way I see it is that the deployment of technology allows me to deploy my maintenance dollars more effectively and, and efficiently. Is that, is that what I hear you saying? You're absolutely correct, right? So if we can have this data, we have the data on the network. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons, one of the big advantages to satellite is, as you said, satellites have been in orbit forever, right? They've always been there. So we can literally time travel back in time. So we can go back multiple years, three years, five years, whatever it may be, and look at the way vegetation was 
and compound that and predict into the future of how it's going to be tomorrow with all that historical growth modeling and things that AI machine learning have really unlocked on the technology side. So it's not a matter of guessing anymore. And that's been a huge factor of the way that things were with that cycle type program. We're going to do our best. We've been doing this. We're on this cycle. But again, is that the right approach? And you don't know that approach without the data. And then when you look at the techniques to get the data, why not use satellite where it's the cheapest, it's the quickest and the most effective? Yeah, but you, but, but there's also has to be this sort of analytic uh, solution technology. It's, it's, it's one thing to co- collect it. Now, it's, now I have to analyze it. And that's where uh, I hear that AI Dash has really fantastic tech to be able to analyze it. I can grab it. It's data. But how do I make sense of that or tactical sense? Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. So again, with this huge amounts of data, we're talking terabytes, right? So these points, this vegetation, this oh. is growing that at this span, you have to find a way to prioritize, optimize, and make a decision off that, right? So that's where AI has really leveraged the ability uh, to, to make decisions automatically and take these huge data sets and help us understand what does this mean for me? If I'm trying to accomplish this, how do I get there the quickest way? And that's where AI and machine learning have really uh, been a huge advantage to basically ingesting and making actual decisions. On yeah. And, and from, a, from a budgeting perspective, having that information at hand, you can see where you need to spend those dollars, work with your third-party contractor, be able to have that you know, meaningful collaboration to say, okay, we're going to keep you engaged for a year. This is where we're going. Here's the plan. Here's the data. And, and then begin to continue to refine and improve that information so that come next year, you have more information, more insights. Yeah, yeah, you, you're totally correct. So I always try to bring this back to the analogy of we're not going to win against nature, right? You can't fight nature. If you're trying to force these cycle programs into nature because nature is going to grow the way that it grows, you're never going to win, right? So if you cater your program more around natural growth rates, the way that that biodiversity and vegetation is currently acting, you can get a lot more done and you get a lot more done in the right places. You're not fighting it anymore. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, it seems like a, 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 a stunning... Uh, I, I, I'm always excited about the technology and how it's Im- improving our lives in a, in a way that the majority of us don't we just don't know. We just take it for granted and, and maybe that's good. But tell, there's got to be some, I mean, if I like it, what are the resistance? What's, what, what's happening out there that would, you know, why wouldn't I want to use this? Yeah. Yeah. That that's great. And it, it comes down to a lot of factors. So if we think about pressure, right, we just talked about 2018 storms are increasing, costs are going up things are accelerating. This has not been a nice little easy thing. We kind of saw this coming. It's now it's on this curve like this and you need to act now. So everybody is scrambling, trying to figure out what's going to be the best approach. And there's a lot of different technology solutions out there. Um, But when we think about technology, specifically in a space where, you know, we used to climb trees, used to climb poles, we did it with our hands, we did it with our eyes. There's a bit of a stigma, right? I don't, I don't trust technology. I didn't trust technology for the longest time. Um, and great example is I'm sure if you pull up Google Maps right now, which most people have exposure to some type of satellite imagery, Google Maps, Apple Maps being maps, right? You're probably going to see your car from five or six years ago. And you're going to think to yourself, 
what the heck am I going to do with this? Right. Yeah. Um, so understanding the capabilities and how this different technology works really allows the advantage uh, to deploy it. And with that comes some change management, right? So I think now that utilities are really feeling this pressure, and it's not just the utilities, like I said, the contractors feel this. It is a very type, almost co-employee type relationship. And working together to find ways to, A, let's strengthen the relationship with our contractors. Let's make sure we're going to have the dollars we can do this year and next year. And we're going to keep those guys working because everyone that comes in, five are going out the door. We have to keep what we have. Uh, And then again, think to the future of, I know I'm accomplishing these goals and these are going to be the results I'm going to see. That's where technology and again, AI can actually model that. It's not a guessing game anymore. So I think there's been a lot of innovation in the space. I think the, we're, we're just on the tip of the iceberg, right? Yeah. Satellites and emerging technology, UAVs are just getting deployed. LIDAR has been around for some time, but that's dramatically improving. So I think there's a, everyone recognizes the need to do something. Uh, but when you're on this accelerating push, there's a lot of pressure. It's tough to make that decision, uh, especially when you think about how am I going to implement this, right? And what are going to be my limitations with this? And are we actually going to get the things we need to make the decision now, not two years down the road. There's, there's, of course, you're you're absolutely spot on with the velocity of technology and the velocity of uh, how the market is changing and how do you respond to that? Uh, again, non-negotiable. The utilities have to deliver power, and it has to be reliable, and it has to be consistent, and all of the the things that are uh, the drivers. Um, do you find that as technologies begin to evolve? That there's a convergence that I, I want a I want a high probability of success and therefore taking you know satellite lidar you know all of the technologies that a utility is looking to deploy or in in the middle of deploying to be able to pull that together to be able to come up with a high confidence of of whatever probability there. Yeah, definitely. There are synergies with all these types of technologies, right? Um, Some do better than others in certain areas, and some are the all-encompassing view, right? Obviously, I'm biased. (laughs) I believe in satellite. That's the reason I'm here trying to make this work in the vegetation industry. Um, But the truth is that a lot of utilities are finding synergies with all these types of programs. And as you said, it's accelerating. So what a lot will do is let's test this, let's test this. And we encourage everyone, don't just trust us, right? Let's test this. Let's make sure this is a right fit. We're going to get the goals that uh, that you're going to see. And that's one of the big advantages to something more like satellite, where you're not sending a helicopter or a fixed wing aircraft in the field and waiting eight months to get your data back. This is a quick and easy process uh, and it can get you up to speed quickly, right? Within eight weeks. Um, So that's one of the big advantages to trying this out. And I encourage every utility, right? Every utility, whether it's you're looking at LIDAR, you have an active LIDAR program, uh, you're looking at uh, UAV and drones, almost incorporate, they all have pieces to play. Investigate every opportunity out there because you never know what's going to fit the best for you. It's a, again, it has to happen. It, it, uh, you know, we're not going to shut down the utility and say, ah, that's it, man. Too many people are leaving. We can't do this or whatever it might be. That's not going to happen. So uh, it just seems to me, given the challenges that exist in the marketplace today, that technology has to play a huge role. Just does. And, and so as we wrap up, uh, Jordan, where do you see sort of, we're still at the beginning. I, I think we're just, 
right at the beginning. And it's just going to, where do you see this going in the world of veg management? Yeah, that's, it, it's a great question. And there's a lot of, a lot of points there. Um, you know, I'm naturally an optimist, right? So I think over time, technology as a whole is going to be adopted more. You have a younger workforce getting into the utilities, looking at a different uh, technique and a different way to approach problems and find solutions for them, which is great. Right. Um, but truth be told, I, I do think it, it's a bit of a sobering story that I think the number one, the workforce issues, uh, that ball's already rolling. We're not going to pivot. So we're going to continue to feel strain there. Resources are going to become more, um, you know, more expensive and they're going to become less and less. Uh, I unfortunately believe there's going to be more wildfires and storms. Right. Uh, we're not going to fix that you know, right away. Um, so there's going to be this continued pressure. And that's why there is a sense of urgency to act now to try to get ahead of this, because every day that you wait, it's just become, you know, a little bit more and more. And these problems are going to become larger and larger. Um, but on the bright side of that, right? So the same way that these problems are increasing, technology is getting more and more advanced. Uh, we can look into the future five years, right? We can think about uh, how cross-arm inspection and insulator inspection, and even thermal bands being launched by satellites are going to be available. So the advantage to an asset inspection is going to be there from pipeline and encroachment is going to be there. So the innovation curve is finally getting there. I think this space overall in the last 20 years has been uh, a little dismissed by the technology world because number one, a lot of people didn't even know it was there. They yeah. think about the trees, the power lines. Um, there's been a huge focus on smart grid technology and different types of hardware components. I'm glad to see, and I have a lot of faith in where we're going to be, even despite these problems, I think in the five-year timeframe, we're going to be in a much better place in terms of reliability and how we approach vegetation management due to technology. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So with that said, how do people get a hold of you, Jordan? <laughs> so, number one, I tell everyone, check out our website. It's uh, ai-.com. Very simple. Um, I'll make sure my email is really easy. Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, A-I-Dash. Um, and then you'll see me at uh, Trees and Utilities, Distributech, uh, a couple Utility Arborist Association events. Uh, happy to speak with anyone there to really investigate and fix these problems. All right. He's Jordan. The company's AI-Dash. The, the topic... If you if you missed any of it, just go back and re-listen it. Definitely the vegetation management in the utility space, but we, we we expanded that too. So all good. Jordan, you were absolutely wonderful. Scott, you were too. I'm glad to uh, have some time on your podcast. Hope the listeners enjoy this. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Do not go away. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right. Once again, thank you very much for joining me on Satellite Superheroes. And a hearty thank you to Jordan Josek, Senior Manager, Business Development, AI-trusted individual. When it comes to vegetation management, you need to have trusted individuals in your corner. Reach out to Jordan and AI-Dash to find out more. You will not be disappointed. Again, we're going to continue to highlight uh, satellites and individuals who are impacting our business with satellites because it's an important technology, important innovation that's changing our lives and our businesses and making us more resilient. So stay tuned. We're going to have another great conversation on satellite superheroes shortly.